Hello and welcome to the Commonweal Policy Podcast. I'm Craig Dale, I'm the Head of Policy and Research at Commonweal and this week I am joined by two special guests. Welcome to Gillian Mayer and Alison Waters from Now Scotland. Hello both of you. Hello. Hello. So Now Scotland is a relatively new grassroots non-party group who are campaigning for Scottish independence. So Gillian, this group has been around for a little while. It's not absolutely brand new. It's not launching this week. But uh, while some folk might have heard of Now Scotland, I'm sure a lot of folk haven't. Who are you? How did you get started? Okay. Um, Yeah, we launched a few months ago um, from the origins of an idea that's been kicking about for a few years within the active grassroots. Um, The idea that really we need... An organisation which will bring everyone together in a common focus, in a common campaign, um, and that we can progress as one strong voice, really. Um, The idea was brought together um, in an assembly just before Christmas last year, where delegates of yes groups and national organisations and um, individual activists all came together um, over two sessions over a few weekends. Um, They looked at what really we need, what's the state of the movement, um, and where can we go forward? The idea was that a mass membership organisation is the way, um, just as I say, to give that voice to the movement, to to combine all the efforts, all the fantastic efforts of all the different groups that are working just now and have been for the past you know, seven years, um, and to see how we can unite and go forward. So what the result of the assemblies were with all those delegates was that a committee be formed to create an organisation that can uh, take memberships and basically the the sort of structure of Now Scotland in its easiest form is that it's member-led. There is no hierarchy. There's a group of um, committee members who are basically administrators. We work for the members. Um, It's member-led in the sense that Um, We have members' assemblies, we have members' weekly meetings, and they shape what this organisation is, how it's going to campaign, what its focus is going to be, and that's the way um, that we're going to go forward. So initially that committee was set up to create that structure and to launch it. Um, We launched um, start of February, mid-February, I don't know. Um, it It was a hectic few months, to say the least. But we got there in the midst of quite a hectic period for the movement with an election coming up. Um, And yeah, I think broadly the organisation has been accepted, has bedded in. And, you know, the movement is quite cynical, is quite tired just now. And the worst thing that an organisation could do would be come in and be top heavy. This is not what now Scotland's about. It's not about competing with anyone who's already involved in doing great campaigning work. It's not about um, taking leadership. It's just about unifying, unifying all the the great examples of activism that's currently going on. So so where, you you said that this this came out of that question of where is the independence movement at the moment? Um, And where do you think it is? What do you think the state of the campaign looks like? Alison. 
<laughs> so, I mean, we all know that the independence movement is in a bit of a rut at the moment. Um, I don't want to bring it up too much, but we know the SNP isn't moving on independence right now. We know that there's new other parties springing up all over the shop with different opinions. And the movement's pretty divided um, on quite serious issues that aren't really to do with independence, but are getting in the way. Um, so for me, and I think for most people, now Scotland is that opportunity to come together under a, a single non-party umbrella where we can discuss the core interests of independence alone. It's not a side issue organisation. We're not going to start getting into those kind of divisive topics at the moment that are around the, the fringes of the movement that have split people. We're really here to focus on pushing for independence as soon as possible. It's why it's called Now Scotland. It's it's not independence next week. It's not independence next year. It's, it's now as soon as possible. And I think the membership so far have been really positive in that and, and enjoy the fact that we are something instant to kind of get going and we, we want to be going as quick as possible. That's always been the tension in, in such a, a broad movement where you will naturally have um, rivalries between political parties, which is right and democratic. You will have different parties and groups who have different visions of what they want an independent Scotland to be. Um, but, you know, if you, you are pushing along a common goal of independence, um, almost embracing the diversity of your views in many ways. This is how, how Commonwealth sees it. We definitely have our own view of what an independent Scotland could look like. And we don't expect folk who don't support Commonwealth to agree with that vision. But we want to be able to both stand on the stage, advocate for independence and advocate for our particular flavour of it. So is this kind of something that, that, that now Scotland would get behind as well? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what we are. We're, we're an organisation that... We don't expect everyone to agree with everything that we all think. You know what I mean? Um, Gillian and I have different views on how independence is going to be achieved or look sometimes. Um, but what I find good about now Scotland, I think it inspires calm debate. There's a bit of a, a thing on Twitter at the moment, especially, um, where people get quite emotional, upset. Someone says, oh, God, I hate you now because you don't agree with me on this one thing and they're blocked and that's the end of it. Whereas I think now Scotland promotes that healthier debate where, yeah, okay, we there might be 10 million things we don't agree on, but at the end of the day, independence is our goal. Let's get together and do it. That's it. That's it, exactly. This is about getting back to the core values of what um, the movement's success, what our strength is. Um, it's about what advances the cause. Now, you can be passionate, um, as many people are, um, and activists about um, different issues. And now Scotland embraces those issues, whether it be um, talking about, you know, social justice and, you know, the progressive uh, type of vision that we have for Scotland. If we're talking about the, um, you know, the climate crisis, if we're talking about, um, you know, the... You can go to the core. Um, I was talking to somebody very recently and they were saying that the core of the, the debate that got them involved um, before the NDRF was the democratic deficit of Scotland. You know, something very simple that we, we sometimes we lose track because we all have our own little niche things that we think, um, you know, that they, 
that you would want to see within an independent Scotland, like um, you know, anti-nuclear or anti-fracking, or you know, um, just now we're looking at Westminster and we're seeing that the NHS is in danger. Is the devolution process itself in danger? Um, you know, all for um, the sake of this one union business that we're promoting, and they're promoting, and not us. Um, but the idea that we've got all these different um, interests, but we are all for independence, it, it comes back to what advances the cause. And if we can be active and we can show solidarity with different movements and embrace together, and as Alison said, have a healthy debate about things that divide us without it actually splitting us, you know, um, then I think that's really the way forward. Um, there isn't, I, I think it's very simplistic to go back to the way it was before where it was just about the constitutional question where it's a yes and a no. You know, I think that the, the movement has matured. Um, I think that the, the acceptance that there is division um, you know, created by political parties through, not created by, and maybe that's the wrong phrase. I see that because I've never been a, a member of any party. Yeah. So I see it a bit <laughs> kind of tribal. You know, that's my personal opinion that people have got their party loyalties. But th that sort of, it stirs up a bit of that sort of tribalism. And, you know, if you're not for me, you're against me. That, that's nonsense. We've all got one common goal and it's about advancing that goal. So now Scotland embraces as a non-party organisation, it embraces every organisation, every party. It's not about excluding. It's not about saying we're not interested in what the parties are doing. We're saying um, every local group, every national organisation, every party, every activist that promotes and is for independence and is advancing the cause, you know, you've, you're welcome within Now Scotland and your membership of Now Scotland is not in conflict with anything else that you're doing. So... <laughs> This is going to be an obvious but hard question. The organisation is called Now Scotland, and you mentioned that the, you, you are campaigning for independence to happen, you know, now if not sooner, um, or at least as soon as possible. Why now? Why not next week, next year? Bearing in mind that the the, the, the campaign for independence is itself decades or even maybe even centuries long. Well, I mean, I think the most important thing to remember is that independence is urgent for Scotland all the time. You know, I mean, it never becomes something that is easy to push into the future. Scotland's need for independence is predicated upon a need for equality, for full control over our powers, for things like making sure that homelessness isn't as much of a problem, poverty isn't as much of a problem, the climate crisis can be dealt with better. All of these things are really urgent needs Scotland has. Um, and whilst, yes, the campaign isn't raging right now and we don't have a government who's pushing for it immediately, when we say now, we mean we're going to keep the pressure on and it's never going to slide, you know, um, because if, if we don't do that as a movement, then it becomes really easy for the government to say, oh, the appetite isn't quite there right now and we can push it to 2024 or 25 or 26. And can kick in isn't what Scotland needs. Scotland is in dire need of independence as kind of a way to save it. You know, we're, we're tied to a, a sinking ship with Brexit, Britain and 
and the mess that they're in. And I, I don't think we have the time to to not push for it ASAP. Yeah, uh, to expand on that, I would also say, you know, it, it's one of the benefits of being um, a mass membership organisation is the members talk constantly. You know, the constant feedback that we're hearing is fantastic, but there's so many different issues that are really, really affecting people just now. Um, over the past five years, people have been leaving Scotland in droves because they are terrified of Brexit. They're terrified of their status as European citizens and what that means to them in Scotland. They're terrified of the economic prospects of the UK already being such an unfair, unequal society and the, the, the Brexit pushers are the ones who are wanting to expand that to mind-blown you know, lengths. People look at the UK as a strange anomaly. Um, I think that is why independence needs to be at the forefront of Scotland's political agenda. We need to keep the pressure because we need to keep this as a relevant topic. Um, we're into the, the COVID recovery talk now um, and how long is that going to be? Well, independence is the route to recovery. Yeah. You know, it, it seems very simplistic to say that um, independence could be the answer to any question that you give. But when it comes to the UK and we see such a broken political system, then I don't think anybody that really looks at that system and sees how Scotland um, fits into it, because I, I couldn't even say benefits, um, but how we fit into that system, I don't see how anyone could rationally look at the alternative to independence when Scotland is such it's got such a wealth of resources from its people to its natural environment, um, you know, in terms of a Green New Deal just now is one of the most important things globally. And Scotland is in an embarrassingly good position to take the lead on this. And we're sitting within the UK who looks to roll back the sort of things that we see as not just progressive, but essential. Yeah, I mean, this is this is something that we've been shouting about a lot at Commonweal as well through our Green New Deal plan, Common Home plan, and in our Resilient Scotland plan, which is the COVID recovery, but also leads into that Green New Deal because we don't have time to go back to pre-pandemic normal and then change everything again. Mm -hmm. um, and we've, we have been saying that, yes, Scotland does have powerful tools at its disposal within devolution to do some of the work. We can get some of the way there. But to complete the job, we do need more powers. And as far as we see it, the only way of getting them effectively is going to be independence. So we can start now. We can do the stuff that we can do now, but we will hit a hard limit. And we have to be independent before we do. Yeah. So, um, again, now one of the interesting things to me um, about Now Scotland is that fact that it is member-led and member-driven. And quite recently, the members have started making policies, which, uh, again, looking just come from the outside at something that's trying to be an umbrella organisation, the members are now starting to say, um, we, want to, we want to see policies come out of this as well. Um, are, are these policies seeking to be kind of a, a representative consensus of the independence movement or... Who are you seeking to influence uh, by, by making these? Well, just a wee bit of background on how this came about, really. Um, as I say, there's not a hierarchy, there's no leadership within North Scotland. So um, the inaugural National Committee that was set up to create the organisation 
that was its remit. It wasn't there to decide um, how this organisation would represent its members. It's, you know, it's completely the other way around. And when we had the first members assembly, there was such a drive um, for space for discussion, but also action out of this. Um, you know, now Scotland is not a talking shop. Um, it's a campaigning organisation and it's about having the space to talk and then to act on these things. And the members wanted to put motions to other members to, to provoke a discussion, to talk about big issues and to find a commonality um, that would look to really establish what sort of core values there are within the membership of Now Scotland. The membership, the more it grows, the more representative it's going to be of the movement as a whole. Um, currently, the membership is really, really top heavy with active, active members. Um, the, the people who are active in yes groups and who are involved in parties um, and involved in national organisations and they've seen the benefit of Now Scotland in those early days and they have joined and they are pushing to drive this forward in a, a way that makes it even more open and even more democratic because if you've got an open, transparent, democratic organisation that is member-led, then everyone knows what's going on and everyone has got a voice within it and everyone can seek to be represented within it. And that's where this idea of motions came from, the idea that members wanted to talk, they wanted to get together, and then they wanted to act upon it. So, yeah, from that first assembly, it's really taken legs. It's been fantastic, the sort of debate that's came and some of the motions that have been um, discussed so far have been very interesting. And the, the way Alison was talking before about how we can have differences, but we can have respectful debate and then we can come to a consensus, can come to a conclusion. And I think that that's a very healthy example for the movement to take. Um, so I see the, the process that is being developed by members um, to put motions. Um, I, I see it as a very healthy step. Excellent. So, yeah, you currently have four motions up for uh, that are getting debated by the, the, the movement just now. Um, they're, they're actually up for a, a vote by the members uh, fairly soon. Uh, I believe voting's under, already underway. Um, so do you want to just talk about these motions? We have four motions here. We have uh, one on Scotland signing the Treaty on the Prohibition Against Nuclear Weapons. We have one yeah. on the um, Scotland really driving behind the climate emergency. One on training campaigning uh, and uh, activists in campaigning and messaging and one or get another training one on non-violent um, resistance and, and uh, direct action. So um, Alison do you want to take us through these policies and, and just talk a bit, bit about them? Yeah sorry my dog's just having a bark in the background. Don't worry about that we love, we, we love pets in the show every time any of my cats uh, make themselves known people people email in to let me know they heard them. Yeah so I mean obviously I was a member at the time that these motions kind of got put together and not a member of the committee I was at the the kind of general uh, the big members assembly that happened and kind of seen them forming and being put together so I, I'm personally fascinated by them. Um, so the first one we have, as you mentioned, is the Nonviolent Resistance Training and Resource Working Group. And that's basically just um, recognising recognizing that there's a need for greater action 
um, education and discussion on the use of campaigning methods like non-violent direct action. There's not a lot of discussion in the movement about what they are, and it's a bit of a contentious subject. A lot of people think that direct action is a bad thing, that it means going out and wrecking the place. Civil disobedience kind of gets thrown around and people think it's not a good thing. Um, so really what we were trying to do with this one is make sure that people understand the need to mobilise through nonviolent direct action, but that they're capable of doing it as well and that they understand what it means. So the, um, one of the biggest feedbacks we got during the discussion of it at the big members assembly was a lot of people thought that it meant going out and doing the crazy kind of protests that Extinction Rebellion do, which are great and, and are wonderful to have, but a lot of, of new activists and, and independence activists were a bit concerned that that's too much for them. So it was explaining to people as well that um, direct action is what you do when you go to an All Under One banner march. When you go out and you have a protest, like the day of action that now Scotland had, where we did different things, people took banners around and they took selfies of themselves out in the streets. You know, it's, it's not just one thing. And we really want our membership to be capable of, of doing it and doing it the right way and safely. So that's what that one's about. Yeah, and it's also worth talking about the history of direct action. I mean, I, I won't do it in this show. That's an entire show in itself. But we'll looking, <laughs> looking at things like the Indian independence movement and civil mm -hmm. rights movements in America and yeah. uh, peace movements through through Europe and and uh, especially in the former Soviet bloc, um, mm -hmm. you know, there are some really inspiring examples of when citizens have just said, "No, this shall not do," yeah. and they have done something about it. And, and uh, yeah, you're right. Direct action can mean a lot of things. Um, even non-violent direct action can mean a lot of things very far short of even things like protests. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah, that, that that's something that yeah, I, I need to do a show on that on non-violent <laughs> direct action and all the things that you can do. Most of the activity that has been going on over the past few years, even before the um 2014 NDRF, um the activists do without thinking, whether it be um, street stalls and, you know, petitions and, you know, all those things that they, it's just, that's the uh, the bread and butter. Yeah. They don't realise because they're just so into it that that is a form of direct action because if you're appealing to the general public in a way that you're promoting a political idea, um, you're out there and you're, you're making um, a stance, as Alison said, about marching together and, you know, putting on a show like that, that is a form of direct action. Yeah. People, I think this motion is um, concerned with the education as well, um, where people need to understand that direct action is not all about getting yourself arrested. You know, it's, um, it's the whole broad spectrum of it that we are looking to discuss and embrace. Yeah, so that, that that leans on to the broader um, motion on on campaigning and messaging workshops and and yeah. teaching teaching activists how to persuade. Yeah, I mean, again, it, it it feeds off of the first one, but it was kind of the consensus was that there needed to be a separate point. Um, a lot of people in now Scotland aren't necessarily activists; they're people who are interested in 
the word activism, but also think it might be a bit scary and, and that it takes a lot more. It's not all about going and gluing yourself to the sides of buildings or, or chaining yourself to poles. So it, it really, we felt that there was a need for um, just a kind of a workshop on a regular basis, especially because we hope to have incomers regularly and new members where people are taught what it really means to be an activist and given the, the resources and the help. That's what Now Scotland's for, it's for its members. So we, we should be an organisation where we can train our members to do it and, and give them the courage and, and the confidence to go out and, and take part in their movement and not feel like they just don't know where to start. Because, I, I mean, I'm new to activism. It's not something that I've done a lot in my life until recently. So for me... Now Scotland gives me that confidence that I know that I have the people around me with the skills to to do that kind of stuff. And that's basically what that motion is trying to achieve so that people take part. Yeah. And now you've got your activists, they've got the, the messaging and campaigning skills. What are they campaigning for? These are the, the next two emotions. One is mm -hmm. on the importance of the climate emergency. We all know how important that is with COP26 coming up and, and the recent discussions around how long we really have until we've pushed this planet too far, if we haven't already, <laughs> fingers yeah. crossed. But it's basically just that understanding. And it's a general consensus within the Yes movement. We all know that. And, and we do have close kind of ties to, to organisations like Extinction Rebellion. There's a crossover of views. Climate emergency is something that hits home for all of us in Scotland. You can see the effects it's having on our country, on our summers, the fact that wildfires spring up in Falkirk of all places where I live, that never happened a few years ago. So really what this one is about is making sure that we all agree that independence is vital to tackling climate change. Without independence, we haven't got the powers to completely regenerate our energy systems and, and make sure that everything is working towards a greener Scotland. There are things we can start doing now, but they certainly aren't, not all avenues are open for us as yet. So it was it was a general consensus within our membership that that we make sure that they tie in together. And then the final motion is <laughs> possibly the one that's, that's most directly a policy rather than a broad <laughs> principle, is the idea that an independent Scotland should sign the Treaty on the Prohibition Against Nuclear Weapons. This is an issue that we actually talked about on, on this podcast a few months ago, and I'll put a link to that show in the description. Yeah, I mean, that final motion basically um, explains what the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons is, um, and is, is really hitting home on the fact that now Scotland must support denuclearization for Scotland as soon as possible. Um, Obviously, we've had mass campaigns within the independence movement. There's burns, not bombs. It's something that all, I mean, all under one banner are having a protest soon against it. There's been like multiple throughout the years of me being active in the indie movement campaigns and, and things outside Faslane. So it's not something that we're shy about in the independence movement. There's a consensus that we hate nuclear weapons being parked on the Clyde. And when you live in the blast zone of them, I think it gives you a, a kind of a stronger sense of just how dangerous they can be. So it was it was again, it was something at the, the assembly that really came with strong opinion from people. So when Ellen and her team put together this motion, I was quite happy to get behind it right away. It, it's a brilliant motion. And I think it's one of the first pieces of policy now Scotland has produced that I was really proud of 
and I hope the membership votes for. Yep. So, Gillian, um, just as we're coming to the end of the show, uh, I'd like to uh, have an opportunity to tell us what is next for Now Scotland. Um, do you have any events and, or meetings uh, uh, planned or has the pandemic really kind of curtailed what you can do there? Well, as um, it has been from the launch, even pre-launch, um, and funnily enough, you know, to go back to that very first um, assembly that the movement had, um, I was there as a delegate from my yes group and I was basically um, ordered, go and find out what's going on and make sure that it's not some other organisation who wants to take over. You know, so from day one of my involvement, this has been about listening to what the movement wants. The existing movement, whether it's local, national, you know, across the board. What are people doing already? How can now Scotland help? So Believe in Scotland, Business for Scotland's um, campaign is doing fantastic work and we've got uh, people who are out doing stalls um, for now Scotland in the local area. Um, they just started this because of the, um, the ease in the, the lockdowns but they're they're going out with a Now Scotland banner with their own local materials, with Business for Scotland stuff, with Common Wheel. You know, the, the, the whole range of materials are out there. And it's about um, really showing people that the movement is there again, back and connecting with the local community. So that's happening at that level. Um, at a larger level, we are being, it, there's been outreach um, from the start. So you know, building relationships with existing organisations like the National Yes Network um, and, you know, all sorts of different people who are regularly meeting on Zoom over the last year or so, but regularly meeting and keeping things going um, and, you know, inspiring new ideas and things. And we're working in collaboration um, with that. So we've got invitations to speak at um, you know rallies that are coming up and different events where we've been offered um, space to talk about now Scotland to go and support um, organizations that are having their own events um, but one of the things that has come up um, relatively recently and it's something that the, the newly elected committee um, are going to get their teeth into is the idea of the movement having um, a national summit, pulling together delegates, representatives of the whole spectrum of the movement from, as I say, the, um, the local right to the national, um, everyone who's currently busy and active um, or who are trying to get themselves back into the swing of things um, and see where we can find a common consensus and a way forward to really um, ramp up the campaign and unite in action again. So this is something that it's, it's going to take a bit of organising, these things do, um, and we've got the summer and we've got people just starting now to get back to you know, being able to see their families and a bit of normality and things. So you, we need to be aware and sensitive to that sort of um, time scale. And then come the autumn, the uh, parties, the, the pro-independence parties will be having their conference season and things. And there's no stepping on anybody's toes or taking over anyone's time. We're quite happy to organise in the background, collaborate with everyone else and pull together something that will hopefully see all that organised out the road and then you know sort of uh, end of the autumn time we pull together a summit where 
everyone comes together, has their say, and then we go forward um, with a new invigorated campaign. Hmm. So folk listening have uh, been inspired and they now want to get involved uh, or even join as a, a member. How, how do we find Now Scotland? Well, you can Google us. We do just appear on Google if you type in Now Scotland. But our main website is nowscotland.scot. Um, and the join option is right there on the homepage. And we are always happy to welcome new members. <laughs> so come along. Um read a bit about us on the website, read what our mission statement is, see what's going on and join if you think that it's something that's good for you. Fantastic. So Gillian, Alison, it's been a great talk, uh, great chat, chatting with you. So really glad we've been able to get you onto the onto the show. Um, and yeah, just from Commonweal, um, we are full square behind independence and happy to work with anyone who... who uh, who's doing the same. Um, so really glad to, to, to be able to speak to you today. Um, and I'm going to finish up this show, as I always do, by reminding folk that Commonweal as an organisation is itself entirely funded by our members and supporters. Um, uh, we we do, don't get government funding. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't even have adverts on our, on our newly revamped website. Um, so... If you want to support the show, if you want to support our policy work and our campaign for independence, then please consider making a donation to Commonweal. Um, And I hope you have enjoyed the podcast this week, and I hope you'll come back next week when we'll be talking about tool libraries. Mm -hmm.